Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. There was a whole bunch of cool stuff to talk about, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Skip it up and that up. Surprise! There's nothing wrong with your screen. My name is Ray Command, and I'm filling in for Bob this week. We're going to cover today's news stories, and let's just get to it. All right, first video is Mega SG OCD Settings by Firebrand X. Firebrand X have posted a video detailing how he tweaks the audio settings for the Mega SG and all his cores. It's a great video for people that want to learn why and how to do things like this. So he's already put out a video where he showed you how to do his video settings for the Mega SG if you want pixel perfect output or something a little different. This is the audio version for you audiophiles out there. Everybody has different experiences with the Sega Genesis. There were different models and revisions of the console and everybody had different hookups. Some people hooked up through you know, the stereo output jack in the front. Others did RF in the back. And, you know, I feel sorry for you, <laughs> those of you guys who did. And other people used composite, the composite video uh, cables that came that you had to buy separately, actually, for the Genesis. And it only had a mono output. So this will give you an idea of what you can do to make it sound closer to the childhood console that you remember. And it's a great thing to have. If you don't feel like sitting down and watching the whole video, he does have a cheat sheet that's linked to his page or under the video that you guys can check out. Got nothing to lose. If you already have a Mega SG, I suggest or I recommend that you check it out. This next story is by Bob. Uh, Mr. HDMI core now sub one frame of lag. That is amazing. So Mr. Um, when when Mr. was released, it had something like two or three frames of lag, you know, due, due to different reasons. And lately, it's been getting a lot better. I haven't been messing with it as much over the last month or two since you know I originally bought it last year. But uh, that's an HDMI scaler, apparently, by Grabulosaur. Grabulosaur. I guess Bob is not the only one that has trouble with names sometimes. Grabulosaur. Let's try. Let's go with that one. So he found that lag is less than one frame, which is amazing. You can really play these old school retro games on your TV, you know, on your HGTV. Uh, he did his test method was here. He ran RGB output of the Mister into a Sony PVM via the console's native resolution and refresh rate. He also ran the HDMI output in 720p to an HDI to component converter to a Sony VBM nine inch that accepts HD resolutions. All right, he's used the same converter for the Time Sleuth, so. He guarantees that it doesn't add any lag, right? He recorded this with a 960 frame per second camera to demonstrate the difference between RGB and HDMI outputs. The top of this post was shot with an iPhone. Hmm. Okay. So as he, you can see here in the story, you can see that he's, you know, he shot his, uh, his captures. <laughs> Do show that he's, you know, that 
they're pretty even for a little while. You see, they're both on the fourth frame there. This is the old, uh, I'm guessing the original test from what I'm seeing here. So it's two frames behind in this monitor compared to this. So that's quite a big improvement here. And it's been running the test for a little while. So if you're a person that, you know, want, that's interested in Mister, then this might be a great time to jump in and try it for yourself. So the next story is for Vanessa and it's about bootleg OSSCs. So this is a report by VideoGamePerfection.com telling you the differences between the OSSC that they sell, which is the original supported OSSC, which is directly linked to Marks, who actually gets a cut of the profit, you know, for his hard work from them. And now, you know, there are all these bootleg OSSCs showing up on places like AliExpress and eBay that may look very similar in the pictures, but they're not going to be exactly the same thing when you buy them. Now, they do go over it. Like, like so, For instance, the PSU is of low quality from the ones that they've seen. The quality of the, P the PCB is lackluster. That's not good. Rough edges and a solder mask partially missing from some traces. Definitely not good. The RGB YPBR, YPBPR, excuse me, input has not been inserted into the PCB all the way. Never a good thing. And the, even worse, the manual is a blatant ripoff with a false claim of copyright, no less. So they can't even make their own manual. I mean, come on. They're giving them the designs for free. They're getting them for free online, and they, <laughs> they can't even do the manual. Come on. That's terrible. But overall, when it first came out a couple of months ago, you know, I was a little excited when I first saw AliExpress because it was cheap. I mean, it was cheaper than the RetroTank 2X. So at that price point, if it wasn't as good, it wasn't such a bad thing in some ways. You know, if you were, you know, a budget conscious person, only thing is you're not supporting the original or the hard work that went into making this device. But now that the prices have crept up and it's nearly the same price or the same price as an original SSC, there's absolutely no reason to go get a bootleg one. Get the original one from VideoGameProfession.com or any authorized resellers and support the people who actually put the hard work into this. I have my original OSSC and I've loved it since day one. It's a definite recommend. If you love Super Mario Brothers and you just can't get enough of it and you must play it on every possible platform under the sun, then you'll be happy to know that there's a version now for the Commodore 64. So developer Zero Page has worked, I believe it was seven years on this, which is amazing, and made his own created his own port of Super Mario Brothers, the original Nintendo version for the Commodore 64. Should also work on the 120 on the Commodore 128. I don't have access to one of those, but I did try the ROM on Mr. and I was pretty blown away by how close it is to the original. Obviously, the Commodore 64 and the NES are completely different machines, totally different beasts, but the game does a very good job of emulating what well, or not even emulate, because it's not emulating, recreating the original experience. It's not perfect on a Commodore 64, at least not per the Mr. Core, but it's very, very good. So I would definitely suggest giving it a try and seeing if you like it. If you're looking to recreate emulation quality captures from your Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, or your Game Boy Color, you now can, thanks to your GameCube. What you'll need to do is actually visit Bob's uh, guide here on the Retro RGB which details exactly what you'll need. you need a certain equipment to do so. So you'll need a DOL-001 model GameCube, which should be the model that has the digital output on the back. You'll need a Game Boy Player, of course, and a method to load Homebrew, which I believe was down here. 
like something like the data SD meter launcher, or if you have other ways of loading homebrew, you can, you, you'll need to do that. You also need a data path vision card, uh, RGBE1, a similar capture card, and OBS Studio 23 or later, and a plugin, which it's linked on the website here. So the instructions are here. You go ahead and uh, let's take a look, see what it is. So how to capture, you extract the filter to the corresponding directories, which are usually located and it gives you the web, it gives you the directory. Loading GBI high frequency or HF to configure your data path capture card using the vision window. Uh, please note that this is, since this is a digital signal, you won't need to deal with H size or phase, but you must set the window size and 888. So load OBS and add the source, either direct or window capture. You're gonna make sure the source in OBS is the same resolution as Vision shows, 720 by 480. Right click on the source in OBS and hit filters, and so on and so forth. I mean, pretty much one th more thing, you're gonna hit close and that's it. So from what I'm seeing here, it looks really good. This is really clean on my screen. I don't know how it's coming across in this recording, once, especially once YouTube compression gets uh, has its way with it, but it looks great. Thank you to developer uh, TI Kevin 83 here which, you know, Bob grabbed uh, his guide from him and put it on here, summarize, you know, summarize it in his own words. And if you love Game Boy, you need to capture it, here you go. So this next story is by Todd from Todd's Nerve Cave, and it details the MDNICCC, it's a new Mega Drive Genesis demo scene release. So basically the Titan Group, which is usually responsible for the Overdrive demos, which are incredible demos for the Genesis and the Mega Drive. If you haven't seen them, I highly recommend you check them out. Has put out a new demo for the Genesis that looks fantastic. I mean, it really, really blows away pretty much the last two demos, which were incredible in their own right. So these are basically, uh, let's get some good stuff. So, I mean, you get some cool stuff like this. But you have this really cool, as you can see, kind of unrails 3D effect that I mean, it's running like silky smooth. It, you know, it's, it looks like 60 frames per second to me. Uh, let's take a look. Is it running at 60? It can run at 60. There you go. So this is 60 frames per second. It looks great. Chances are it's 50 frames per second because it's, you know, 50 frame, 50 frames per second demo. But, you know, it's recorded in 60 here. But it looks incredibly smooth. It looks beautiful. And who would have thought that something like the Genesis could out even do anything like this this is amazing you know hopefully we'll get to a point where homebrew developers could tap into this type of thing and actually put them into homebrew games with time and money i mean i'm not gonna hold my breath but there's always that hope if you're interested in this uh check out the link in the article and see for yourself if you're a game boy fan this is a great week for you because not only did you get the pixel perfect capture that we spoke about earlier but now you have a game boy emulator that gives you the option to play Game Boy and Game Boy Color games in widescreen. Unfortunately, it's Mac OS X, you know, only for now, but there is a Windows port being worked on, so I expect that to be out, you know, pretty soon for all you Windows users out there, which includes me, and oh, use OS X too, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter to me. But basically, it doesn't, it doesn't stretch the picture like most emulators do, which just take a 4.3 image and stretch it into 16.9. What it does is it kind of just takes, like as you play through the game, it learns as you play, it saves areas already visited and uses heuristics and stitches everything together. And it, by stitching everything together, it creates its own widescreen image. Now, when that works, it's gonna look wonderful, but 
it's gonna it'll probably never be as seamless as most people would like so if you're a purist you know the fact that it'll probably never be seamless will probably bother most people it might get very close depending on how well they can you know they can tune the emulate fine-tune the emulator another thing that I like is you can, if you can see here is that it tries to make a translucent HUD so I think this is kind of awesome and to be honest with you it may not be perfect but at least it's something to play around with we're in an era where people are arguing about FPGA and, and software emulation and they each have their own awesome thing you know positives and negatives to them this is something that is you know an awesome benefit to software emulation I don't know if it'll ever be put into an FPGA if they do even more fantastic if I can get all the benefits in FPGA and something like this you know but I would imagine you need something pretty powerful but it, this is awesome if you want to try your Game Boy games in you know widescreen again this is OS 10 only for now but you know definitely give it a shot source is here in the article download it and try it out for all you do it yourself is out there Volta has released a method of creating your own repos through an 8-bitter as uh, a non-destructive modding adapter so what it allows you to do is actually to dump an original ROM from your actual card that you own. You can patch it with a translation, and then you can flash it back using Voltar's adapters and a programmer. That's pretty awesome that you can actually flash something, and then and it's 100% reversible and non-destructive. Uh, the other option for most people, they're going to say, you know, why don't you just get an EverDrive, which you can do. But not everything works with an EverDrive, so I'm going to assume that this is for games that use special chips that may not work with an EverDrive, or... You know, there may be other option, other reasons why you can't, you know, use the EverDrive for it. But this is pretty amazing. And some games you may love so much that you just want to have a, a, a cartridge just for that one game. So definitely something to look into. Uh, one thing that I have noticed is that you will need to know how to solder. It doesn't look like you need to be any kind of a pro at soldering. Like it looks like you, even if you're a novice, you can do this. It looks like for what I've seen of Voltar's uh, video, and we'll take a look real quick here doesn't look like you need to be anywhere near an expert so here he is removing the chips let's see so oh there you go so it looks like he's gone out of his way to make it as easy as possible for you know for novices so if you like this type of thing and you want to make your own you know repro cards have at it as I mentioned earlier if you love Game Boy this is the week for you uh, here's a story by Dr. Day. I'm guessing it's a play on Dr. Dre. So Super Mario Land finally gets the DX treatment. So this is a ROM hack of the original Super Mario Land for the original Game Boy. And what it does is you can patch the ROM and play the game in color. Like everything is completely redone, which is amazing. As you can see, here's the original screen right here. And this is actually what it looks like, you know, when <laughs> when you when you patch the ROM, which is awesome. So I actually did this last night, and I played it on my mister, and it was a ton of fun. Now, even though it looks this way, it kind of looks closer to the original Super Mario Brothers compared to Super Mario Land, the physics are still exactly the same as they were in the original game. So if you don't like the physics of this game compared to a normal Mario Brothers game for the NES, then you're not going to like this. But if you enjoyed the game, I mean, there's absolutely no reason not to play this, this version. And I took the uh, author a couple of years to put this together, and he he did an amazing job. I mean, I'm I'm so impressed by this. It, I mean, let's take a look here real quick.
As you can see in action, it looks amazing. So definitely try it out. I mean, you have nothing to lose. If you have a way of playing, you know, homebrew cards on your on your real hardware, definitely throw it in there. Otherwise, you know, fire it up in your favorite emulator or Mister if you have one. Again, awesome. This next story is by Beyond Pixels. Uh, Tinker Plunk has made a SCART to VGA PCB, which is is pictured here. Looks pretty cool. So here's your SCART connection and here's your VGA output. So Jason Proctor, also known as Tinker Plunk, has designed a pass-through to go to, through from SCART to DE15 VGA and 3.5mm mini jack connectors. It also has an optional sync stripper if needed. There's no LPF on it. You can find the project for free on GitHub, and links are provided in the article. Uh, just like SCART to DVI, this PCB does not convert the signal. It just changes the connector. This is particularly handy for VGA switches like the Xtron MVX series or for people who just need a different way to get SCART into their RGB monitor. You're looking for the free do-it-yourself PCB designs. Here's a bunch of links for other options that you may have. Now, they always say talk about what you know, so I haven't used this personally. That's why I'm going by the article. Guys, if you're interested, feel free to hit the links. And the final story for today is the DC HDMI firmware has been split. So Kristoff uh, has just released two new firmwares for the DC HDMI and split future firmware updates. So standard firmwares will be 100% up to the HDMI specs, so it should be compatible with all TVs, and most likely, and most importantly for a lot of people, all capture cards. Uh, relaxed firmwares will have slightly off-spec HDMI timings, which may or may not be compatible with your display, but they'll allow more room in the FPGA for additional features. So from the looks of it, you can get HQ2X filtered upscaling with the relaxed firmware, 480i Bob the interlacing fixed for 960p and 1080p output, and RGB color, uh, color space selection auto full and limited. So if you you know just need something you know and don't want to really fiddle around too much, you could probably just stick with the standard firmware. If you like to tweak and you want to play with all the all the extra goodies, you're going to get the relaxed firmware. In terms of capturing and TVs, I mean it's a mixed bag. For example, I have uh, Elgato HD. 60 which is picky it does not accept dreamcast over a normal capture card so i would imagine if this it sticks to the original timing for the dreamcast something like the elgato uh, um, hd60s will not work with this uh, in case in that case you will stick with the standard firmware which should be compatible with everything and you shouldn't have any issues but it's just something to keep in mind uh, here's uh the tweet from chris 2600 gives you a little you know the same details we were just talking about and of course, uh, you know, if you enjoy this type of thing, check out the links and go ahead and get your, your firmware update. HDMI from DC HDMI from everything that I've seen looks pretty awesome, and I'm hoping to eventually get one for myself. Well, that's all for this week. I know it's a little different. It was some changes hard for some people, but if you made it this far, thank you for sticking with me through the entire video. Of course, if you'd like to see more of me, you can see me on my own channel, recommend, or you can see me on Retro RGB as I normally contribute news stories at least a couple of times a month. For those that are waiting for Bob and can't wait to see good old Bob Rooney, he should be back next week. Until next time, take care of yourselves.